Good evening, morning. Uh, this is Victoria with Dream Dogs, and uh, this is our weekly update, I guess. Uh, so what we do is we do the webinar on Tuesday nights at 5.30, and this one started a few minutes later because I was on the phone with somebody, so I do apologize for that. Uh, but we start at 5.30, and uh, we talk about whatever. So sometimes, like today, we're gonna, we have a topic, um, and then we'll answer questions or talk about anything else that you guys have that has come up. Um, sometimes it's just all Q&A. Uh, and uh, we do that live on our Dream Dog Central Florida Dog Training Facebook page. Uh, then what we do is we take the video on Wednesday. We download it and we upload it to YouTube. Uh, why YouTube is YouTube has closed captioning. So people who have um, hearing issues can watch it and read it, or people who would prefer to, to read it rather than hear me, uh, they can do that as well. So we do that, uh, and then we also upload it to our podcast. Our podcast, can other people, um, Carolyn says she has no audio. Um, do, do the rest of you guys hear me? Um, we, we put it up on our podcast, so then you can listen to it no matter where you are. Now, I've had some questions from people on what is a podcast. So a podcast is basically your own radio TV station. Now, if you have a phone, most of them will have a podcast player built in. So I'm an Apple girl, and mine is no audio, and then I can hear you. So if you guys don't have audio, go ahead and make sure your audio is turned up. <laughs> you can't hear me? Turn up the audio. <laughs> Good. Uh, so podcast, here's my podcast player. You see the purple one with the little peg person from life and the concentric rings? That is my podcast player. And what I can do is if I'm in it, I click on it and uh, it comes up with the podcasts that I'm listening to. Okay. So I have a couple of them that I've been um, what is it? Binge listening to other people. Let's try that. Yeah. Some people. So let me find here where I can make a comment. If you have audio, oh my gosh, please spell right. Issues. Check your sound. Or get really good at lip reading. Uh, so you can listen to them. So you can go to search, search for dream dogs. And guess what comes up? We come up. Okay. So I just updated the picture. It's Django. So you can click on it and you're going to get, um, that we have a five-star rating. So see, you rate us, please rate us guys. And then we have all of these. Okay. So how cool is that? We've got all these ones. So you can go back and uh, and read it, and you can see what is going on. Oh, and we've got ratings. I want to see my ratings. Awesome information, great resource, great podcasts. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Uh, yay. Yay, we've got good ones. So, yeah, add to them because the more you rate, and all you've got to do is click the five-star there you go. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Uh, if you're still having audio issues, try listening on your phone or move to your laptop or go to a, an iPad type of thing. Um, 
German Shepherd puppy on a different account. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so we, we do that. Uh, we, we put it up there so it is accessible to everyone because we do want it to be accessible to everyone. We don't want the podcast to only be for select people. Okay. Uh, you know, people who have podcasts or, you know, we want it to be people who we can hit from all different walks, uh, walks of life, you know, no matter what the disability is, we've got you and we've got you covered. Okay. So better with the audio. Can you hear? Um, hopefully. So we have two things uh, that I know I want to bring up today. One is Django being three months old and what we're working on with him. And the second is actually what we're going to start with. And uh, it's stupid. It is so stupid. But we had, um, there was a group uh, that I was in and I am no longer in apparently and they've hidden the group for me or the group shut down one or the other uh, Where somebody was looking for a service dog trainer in Florida in central Florida Which is exactly where we're at and she said in the post right away not dream dogs because I want to train purely positive and that's not how they train Okay uh, We know I don't I'm not a purely positive trainer I will tell a dog no. If a dog is trying to bite me, jo um, what did you do? And I'm going to call you Joan Crystal. Sorry, you're going to be Joan for tonight because you're on that. Um, what did you do that um, that now you can hear if you can let us know? I'm, I'm not purely positive. You can't be. So we had a dog in the other day who was just being a little intense and was being, you know, a little nippy, a little bitey. And what do you do? Well, first, the dog needs more sleep. But here's some things that you can do. Or the dog's pulling at the leash. What do you do? Or the dog is barking like an idiot. What do you do? Well, it, the answer isn't to, that's not the right answer. Uh, but you need to be able to stop unwanted behaviors or you might as well just wash your service dog out now because he's not going to make it as a service dog. He's not. It's not going to happen. And that's not what we want. We want to switch, switch to iPad. Okay. So then I know it's not on my end. <laughs> and it's probably updates from phone stuff. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you, guys. I appreciate letting me know. So they switched devices and now they can hear me. Yay. Um, but the... Uh, you have to know how to stop behavior. So for example, if I have a dog and my dog is really good at home, but when we go out in public, he's a bit of a jerk and I can't do anything to stop that except reward the right behavior. This is what I'm stuck doing. And I used to be a posse, so I know how they do it. And what it is, is instead of being close to the distraction, you have to get farther away until your dog isn't distracted by it as much. And work them there. So maybe that's three football fields apart that you have to be from that distraction and then slowly work together. Now, let me ask you something. Who's got time for that? I don't got time for that. You don't got time for that. Um, you don't have time to work your dog for three months to get him over something that you can fix with, you know, maybe one session, two sessions. And I used to feel that way. I used to, you know, I'm going to use one of those evil tools on my dog. Like, I love my dog. You might not love your dog, but I love my dog. And this is the game changer. This is what happened. Is I, I was a posse. I told you that, right? Uh, didn't, didn't like e-collars. But you know what? I had never really felt one. I just kind of drank the Kool-Aid. So never actually used an e-collar. Never saw a real e-collar. Never saw a fake e-collar. And I went to a client's house, a potential client, and she had just moved here from 
uh, out in the West somewhere. And uh, she she's over, I was, she, I'm over at her house and she has two dogs that were just holy terrors on a walk. Like acting crazy, going after dogs and cats and people and squirrels. And she says, I can't even walk them around the block. It was nuts. You know, they were so out of control, so terrible. And I'm thinking, oh gosh, they're really bad. And they've had a lot of time to practice this behavior. This is going to take at least six months working with one dog, six months working with the other dog, and then putting them together. This is going to take a long time and cost a lot of money. Remember that. It's going to cost a lot of money because it's going to take a long time. And nobody got time for that. So what she tells me is before she moved, this was when I was in Gainesville. So before she moved to Gainesville, she had a session out west with an e-collar trainer, but she'd only had one session before she moved. So she she brought the e-collar out and she says, this is what we, we had, we're going to get started with, you know, kind of started. And I said, well, I know nothing about e-collars except they're the tools of the devil, you know, the smile on my face. And I said, but I've never actually seen one. And here we've got a question, a fake e-collar. Yeah, right? Uh, I've never seen one in real life or in my dreams or anything like that. All I knew was what I had seen on the propaganda was that they were evil torture devices and they make dogs shut down faster than you can look at them. So I said, can I see it? So she gave it to me. She showed me how it worked. Uh, and I said, I want to feel it. So she's like, okay, yeah, you can feel it. So she puts it in my hand. Uh -huh, okay. I said, now turn it on. And I'm like, ooh. And she says, Vicki, I didn't even push the button yet. I said, yeah, I know. I'm anticipating it's going to be a taser and it's going to knock me on my bum. Remember the naughty, naughty cuss, cuss words from last week? Yeah, I'm trying that again this week. So I said, okay, for realsies, push the button. And she pushes the button. I said, no, for real, push the button. She goes, I did. I'm like, my tens unit is worse than that. Are you kidding me? I said, go up a level. She goes up a level. And I'm like, this is not, this, this is what people complain about. This is what people, <sighs> trying to use not naughty, naughty, cuss, cuss words. This is what people get so their panties in a wad about uh, and complain and, and knock down people and everything else. This, you've got to be kidding me. Like these people who are adamantly against these tools <laughs> have never felt one before. They can't have because it's nothing. This is nothing. So I said, okay. I said, I know nothing about them, but I know training. So give me two weeks. And then let's do another appointment. But let me have two weeks to learn what I can about them. Now, you might say, two weeks, really, Vicki? I'm good. Trust me. So I get home. Now, this was many years ago. Ten years ago, maybe? Maybe a little longer. So the internet isn't what it is today. Okay? But there was a forum, a Lou Castle forum. So Lou Castle did a lot with his crittering protocol to stop dogs from going after prey. Okay, so that, that's kind of what he did. But he had a forum, because this was before Facebook. Um, he had a forum, and I got on there, but you had to use your real name. And so I contacted him, and I said, Lou, I really don't want to use my real name, because I don't know if I even want to use these tools, but I have this client, and I, no, and I want to find out more. So he, go find a toy. So he, uh, he made up an alias. So my name is Victoria Warfel, right? So he had it as Victoria Weston on there. So that was my, my alias. So I can get on there. Um, then there's a guy there who did a lot with e-collar stuff. And so he put me in touch with him. So I talked with him. I ordered uh, Robin McFarlane had these DVDs on e-collar training. So I ordered those and like expressed them so I can watch them. I ordered a dog trick collar. I 
think it was a dog trip in 1900. And because I was impatient, I went to Petco and I picked up one of their collars. Now I picked up their $150, $170 collar and uh, knowing that my dog trail was coming. But again, this was many years ago before I had Amazon Prime and their two day shipping. So you had to order through somebody else and it took like four or five days to get here. And I'm impatient. So I, I get home and I, when I talk to Lou for hours, you know, he answered the questions. And because I understand the clicker world, you know, whenever I was doing the, oh, I was using a clicker because it's what I have here. I don't have an e-collar here. So I, I got, you know, I, I get timing. I get how that works. So it was just a matter of applying that to using the e-collar. But like I said, I'm impatient, so I'm watching this stuff, and I'm like, okay, I want to try it. And where, how do I try anything? I tried on my own dogs first. So I tried that Petco e-collar on Jedi, my German Shepherd, and she flipped out. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm never using this again. Well, once I felt it, the nice feeling that that first e-collar did at the client's house was nothing like the e-collar that Jedi had. This was really sharp. It was intense. That there was a delay whenever you push the button. Uh, it was going longer once I let go of it. It was just, it was terrible. I'm like, well, I can't use this piece of crap. And so I didn't even box it up. I just put everything in the Petco bag and I returned it the next day. I'm like, no. Uh, I had to wait the three or four days. So while I waited those three or four days, I'm <clears throat> playing around timing wise, you know, like, okay, I think I get this. You know, I'm kind of working it out without the e-collar. You know, okay, if I'm going to do this and this is what's going to happen, you know, getting my moves, practicing my moves for, you know, okay. So if I'm going to stim, let's pretend I'm going to stim and push a button and reading and watching. So I must've watched that video that I got from Rob and I don't know how many times. Uh, when it finally came in, I worked with my German Shepherd. Jedi. I worked with Zoe because we still had her at that time. Uh, I worked with them. I had a couple of friends who I had been working with. So I'm working with their dogs. I'm working with these friends, uh, you know, and their dogs. And then I had a couple of clients who we had been struggling. So I'm like, Psst, do you want to bring your dog over? Like, let me throw in a training session because I, I want to get more dogs on this e-collar. So when the two weeks were up, right, I went over to the client's house uh, and we did the first training session with her e-collar and me knowing exactly how to use an e-collar now. And I didn't know exactly how to use it. You know, there was still a lot of learning still left to do, but it was enough that within a month, we had these two dogs that would go absolutely bonkers at dogs, people, squirrels, cats, any sort of distraction. We had them at a dog park. Um, we had them at a dog daycare dog park, Dogwood Park in Gainesville. Um, she could walk them wherever she wanted to, and she liked to do marathons. So she could take them with her whenever she would do these marathons, these shorter ones, not like the long normal marathon. But all that happened in less than a month, guys. And that's like weekly sessions. So like around four sessions, it didn't take a year of training. And that to me was huge. Actually seeing it, actually feeling it was huge. Now, I don't require you to use an e-collar, but I do recommend it because I do think every dog can benefit from it. For example, Jedi had an amazing recall. Um, we were out tracking once and I let her go free afterwards to run and play. And she sees a deer and she takes off after the deer. And I'm thinking, I am never going to see my dog again. And I'm like, Jedi, come. And by golly, she turned around and she came running back to me. So I'm like, wow. So sometimes don't need an e-collar. Now, on the other hand, my Siberian Husky Boo, I could have taken her there and I still would never have seen her again you know, um, but that was before e-collar. So e-collar gives you the freedom. And so that's what we called our e-collar training for a number of years. We actually had a copyrighted in the state of Florida 
Freedom was our e-collar training method because it gave you and your dog freedom. Freedom to do what you want to do. And to me, that was huge. So no, I'm not a purely positive trainer. I've been there. I've done that. I've drank that Kool-Aid and then I spit it out and I join the land of the living. You know, welcome to the dark side. We have cookies. Uh, I don't want it to be, I don't want to tie your hands with what you and your dog can accomplish based on the tools and an outdated ideology. Okay. Now that does not mean that every person with an e-collar is amazing. That does not mean every trainer who trains their dog with an e-collar is a good trainer. Heck no. There's a lot of crummy trainers out there. There's a lot of cruddy training out there without dependent on any tools whatsoever. But use the right way. It's amazing. And if I had to pick one tool, well, two tools, because you can't attach a leash to the e-collar, it would have to be a slip lead and e-collar. Give me a slip lead and an e-collar and I can do anything. Okay. Um, and that's one of the things I'm leaving Saturday for Nipopo Gold. It is coming up so fast. So I'm leaving Saturday and I will be gone. So next week, I am not going to be here. We're skipping our webinar next week. I'm hoping if I have time, I'd like to do a like an impromptu webinar, um, impromptu live and put that up. I'm not saying it's going to be 5.30 on Tuesday night. I can pretty much guarantee it's not going to be, but just letting you know what's going on with Django. If not, what we'll do is whenever we get back, so two weeks from now, um, we'll do one on what happened on our trip and what he's doing now. Okay? So here we go. Some, some comments. Let me see the comments here. Uh, Samantha says, I used to be purely positive and Charlie walked all over me, right? They do. And Lindsay says, my 11-month-old German Shepherd is literally attacking four to six-month-old German Shepherd puppies. What should I do to stop that? That's something I can't answer on a Facebook Live type of thing. Call me, though. Um, we can set something up and, uh, and talk about this because that is unacceptable behavior. Now, when I first brought Gypsy home, Era bit her in the ear and she was bleeding within like the first day. I think it was Era. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, I'm the worst person in the world, this cutest puppy in the world, and she's bleeding because of my dog. Uh, now, Rue does not care for other dogs, so he will growl at Django, and Django will stay away from him. He knows. So we usually don't let Rue out if we're doing group classes or if we have clients over because Rue's a jerk about that. But Rue also has a very good get, get back, and he will get back. So if he's out, we can just tell him to get back, and he'll go away. Uh, yeah, PM me. Well, you PM me, Lindsay, because I will forget. But my phone number is on the website. It's dreamk9.com. That's D-R-E-A-M, the letter K, the number 9.com. Uh, so Joan, who's actually Crystal, says, I used to not agree with training tools, but now I realize how important they are. They are. They are so important. But it's not the tools that train your dog. It's the training that trains your dog. So we do like eval sessions. We call them discovery sessions. And it's basically a time for us to get together, see if we're the right fit, um, to see if you want to work with us, if we want to work with you, if, you know, what's going on with your dog, how long it's going to take to, to fix <laughs> your dog. And here's the thing. When we had the training center in Gainesville, we had all the tools there. We had, you know, the prong collars up on the wall. So sometimes we just take a prong collar, fit the dog, and show them how quickly we can fix this years of pulling, you know, pulling me over, stretching my arm out of socket, you know, hurting me. And they say, oh, what was, what was that she used? She, she, she used a prong collar. Okay, buy a prong collar. But it's not a prong collar that made the difference. It's the training. Get right off. Get right off. Okay. Oh, that's. 
Welcome to my life, guys. Yeah, Ruth came up to say hi. Hey! Stop it. Come over here. Django. And then Django decided to bark at him. And then Rue's growling at him. And this is this is my fun world. So okay. um anyway, because all these puppies. So anyway, yeah, so they say, like, oh, prong color, we'll, we'll, we'll put a prong color on. It's not the prong color. If you come out with a prong color on, chances are very likely that we're gonna switch up and do something else because if the dog's pulling with the tool, the tool's ruined. Okay. So here's Django. You want to see how he is this week? There he is. Giant puppy dog. He is 27 pounds. Um, we had him at the vet today. We're going to talk about that in a second, too. Um, so brand makes a huge difference. Terry says exactly. There's three brands we'll use. Three brands we'll recommend. Anything else we don't use, we don't recommend. E-Collar Technologies, which is our, our top one, most affordable, reasonable price and everything else. Um, Dogtra. Dogtra doesn't have as good a warranty. Um, I like eColor Tech better. And then Martin Systems, which is my absolute favorite, but they run um, about $700 US for the Command 3. Hey, shut up. Do you want to go in your crate? Come over here. Um, they run about $700. So they're not for everybody, but that's it. If you get one of these, it was a special on Groupon and I got an eColor for 20 bucks. Guess what it's worth? less than 20 bucks because you can really ruin your dog with it. So if you're not going to use one of those top three brands, don't use an e-collar guys. Serious. Ser I'm totally serial. Can't really ruin your dog, but you can spoil yes, the tool. Can. Especially if it's not <laughs> a good tool. You can so ruin your dog. It's easy for uh, companies to make knockoffs, skip a couple steps, use um, unreliable equipment, put it in a really good package. And uh, you just, you know, wasted a bunch of money, right? Yeah. Um, uh, I heard, when I walked up, I heard you talking about um, uh, setting up uh, eval appointments. Yes. Well, what I was really doing back there is um, is going through uh, people who stopped by the website, people have, uh, that have checked. Yes, I want to um, uh, get a phone call and writing down who I'm supposed to call. So. And then I have to I'm help already, you with that because I've talked with some. So no matter how much I ramble or how I trip over my words when I'm calling. Um, uh, Try and set up an appointment. Right? And if you haven't heard from us, call him. <laughs> um, but yeah, so what if my dog is scared of the e-collar? Can you get me a drink too? <coughs> Samantha water. asked. Sure. Uh, or fizzy water. Um, mm -hmm. Samantha asked, what if my dog's so scared of the e-collar? Uh, you just desensitize them to it. So we we have Django. I went to put the collar on Django, the, the slip lead collar, right? And he was like, no. And he pulls his head back. So what do I do? I get out my clicker and my treats. He looks at it, click. He touches it, click. He puts his head through. If I have a treat here, and he puts his head through to get it, click, and he gets the treat. So we just make it that way. Um, for you, Samantha, on level one, tap, treat, tap, treat, tap, treat, like a clicker, right? Click, treat. E-collar, it's, it's zap, treat. Use the, ha, <laughs> this is going to sound really counterintuitive. Use the zappy feature. Don't use the vibrate feature. The vibrate feature can be very scary for the dogs. You can even try using the tone if yours has the tone on it. Um, and if you need more than that, like set up a private because we can get that taken care of lickety split. And Lindsay says again, so my 11 month old is literally attacking four to six month old German Shepherd puppies every time we go to the dog park and my husband wants to muzzle her and I don't agree with an e-collar stop it. Um, that depends. So I know Lindsay has uh, messaged me because uh, I got the dig and I can't do anything about it because I'm right here right now. Uh, but it, it depends. So definitely muzzled, but you have to ask yourself, why are you taking your dog to the dog park? 
If you're taking him for socialization, it's not working because he's attacking four to six month old German Shepherd puppies. Okay. Um, are you taking him for, because you're supposed to take your dog to the dog park? Well, you're not supposed to take your dog to the dog park because the dog park's full of crazy dogs. Um, muzzling, yes, is a good idea, but it doesn't stop that intent. So what I do, thank you, dear. What I do with mine is I get them. Get this too. Yes, I would rather have that. Just in case, but I need a sip first. Okay. It's really good. And Samantha, yes, we can do Skype sessions. She lives in Tennessee. So um, most definitely we do Skype stuff all the time. Or again, I'm an Apple girl. So if we can do FaceTime, FaceTime is the bomb. Uh, so, so, you know, we, you need to address state of mind and ask yourself, why is your dog doing that? Um, if the dogs are nutty, crazy, for example, Django, we're getting back to Django here. Django was not wild about other dogs. He likes to play with, with Gypsy and he'll play with Candy as well. But new dogs, he'll just stand there and bark at, just like you heard him barking at Rue. Uh, he'll just stand and bark at them like an idiot. And that's not what I want for my dog. So what I did is I just put him with stable dogs that I know and let him deal with it that way. And he was just bark, 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 you know, kind of like jumping up and down while he was doing it. And they just wanted to play with him. Hey, stop it. And then he gets posed to Zoe and Zoe's like, knock it off. It's super fun. Um, so we need to, you need to address why you're going to the dog park and what you're doing. You do not put an e-collar on your dog and zap them at the dog park. Like that is not what you do. Okay. Samantha says I use the mu muscle stem instead of the vibrate setting one time. And now my dog runs and hides every time I pull it up. Yep. So the muscle stem, if it's low enough, it shouldn't make a difference. I use the vibrate and my dog went and ran and hid. Okay, because it was too much for her. Um, the vibrate can be very scary. And I use vibrate and my dog freaked out also. So, you know, I couldn't, it does depend on the individual dog. I use vibrate and my dog freaked out also. It was on a one. So, yeah, Samantha, do, do the private. We can work to, through it. And, again, it depends which e-collar are you using. Yeah, Kristen just said. Um, my guess is he needs a better collar. Samantha says I just purchased a new one because he did the same thing with a mini educator. So sometimes what it is, is um, they think that they should be afraid of it, and so they are. And you're like, Aah! when you put it on them, and so he's like, there's nothing to be afraid of, I'll be afraid of it. But what we need to do with e-collar stuff is we need to teach them what it means and how to turn it off. I've already done e-collar, I've been doing e-collar for the last few weeks with Django. You know, he's three months old now. Well, he'll be three months old in like a few days, but he's three months old. And I've been doing e-collar stuff with him for a few weeks now. It depends on how you set it up. So we set it up with stim food, stim food, stim food, just like how you start a clicker, click treat, click treat, click treat. So when stim and he whips around and he's like, yes, please. Ah, that's what I want. Because it's a tool for communication. It's not a tool for punishment, okay? Uh, Joan says... After conditioning the e-collar on level two without vibrate, now he loves it. Terry wants an update on candy. Yes, that is coming to write it on my list of things to discuss. Um, it only took a week. Last week he freaked out, but after listening to Victoria, he loves it. So, yeah, also, Samantha, listen to last week's webinar because we talked about how to um, de decondition, recondition, fix things. Um, good. I'm so glad to hear that, Crystal. 
And at 14 weeks, Sable weighs 42 pounds, but at 12 weeks, she weighed 23 pounds. So yeah, so he is 12 weeks and he is 27 pounds. So I was like, okay, he's gained seven pounds in about two weeks. So I didn't feed him breakfast because of what we had today. And can we see candy? Um, I'll talk about candy in a second. And can we do a Skype session? Yeah, I already talked about that one. Okay, so there, we're caught up Woo! on questions for right now. So let me discuss candy real quick and then we'll get to Django. So who is candy? What is candy? Candy is a Doberman that we imported from uh, Europe. So her kennel, she's born in Serbia, but she flew out of Czech to come over here. Uh, she left, there was a 12 hour drive to get to the airport over there. Um, Thursday at 10 a.m. Their time was the last time she was offered anything to eat or drink and when her trip began. Um, well, that's whenever they signed her into the, the crate and they zip tied it. Uh, she arrived 7 p.m. our time Friday night. So she was in transport for like a day and a half. Um, there was a layover over there in Germany for, um, she has her own passport and everything. So we went and we picked her up, Rich and I picked her up on Friday night. Um, she landed at six, but we couldn't be there until seven. So, you know, seven o'clock is when her flight was officially done and all. Uh, we got her out of the crate to potty her. They had put like a absorbent pad at the bottom of the crate. And I figured she'd be covered with poo. We brought towels and a bucket to put water in it. She wasn't covered in poo. I mean, she'd peed a little bit in the, in the pad, um, but she was good. She was a little bit shaken. So we got her out of the crate. We pottied her. She didn't potty. Um, she just kind of stretched her legs a little bit. Rich put the crate in the back of the Jeep. Well, she didn't want to go back in the crate. So she just rode in the back of the Jeep. I mean, it was closed up and everything, but still. She'd come up and see us. And it's about an hour drive from the airport to the house here. So she did very good. Um, we brought her home. We had our dogs out. And so she got to meet them. And she wanted to play with them so bad. Uh, I don't think we did it that night. I think we did it the next day. Um, she got to see them. We offered her food that night. She didn't want to eat. She was so stressed, but she was very sweet. Um, sweet with people, sweet with dogs. So that was huge for us. So we, uh, the next day, she ate breakfast with everybody. We did let her outside to play with our pack in the dog yard here, and she did great with them. I, Jenga was barking at her. She's play bowing with them, barking, play bowing, barking, play bowing. But it worked out really nicely. So, uh, you know, he, she's winning him over. It takes a few days for him. But if we meet on leash, like, he is good because he knows. But anyway, yeah, he apparently doesn't like the crazy energy like Jedi didn't used to like crazy energy. Uh, we did long leash work, which is the tree to tree. We cover it in the Dream Dogs course on week one. It's also our variation of the Keeler. Because I know if we say it's our Keeler long line work, People are going to be like, well, that's not technically the Keeler long line work. But what we do is we put her on a collar and long leash and we go to one tree and we're there. We set the timer on our phone for three minutes. Whenever that's up, let's go. And we go to the next tree and we're like, touch the tree. We're like, here we are. We're at this tree. This is where I, just where I wanted to be. And she basically can do whatever she wants within reason. So like they can't bark at me. They can't try to bite me. They can't, you know, be a jerk, but they're allowed to sniff things. And what it does is it, builds a relationship with you, teaches them that that leash means something. Okay, so those are the two big things that we're looking for. So there we go, trees, we do about three to four trees and then we're done with the exercise. So that's all we do with her Saturday, Sunday and Monday. So today's Tuesday, so she, today she started her leash work. Um, played around a little bit with her, but she wasn't ready for it. And guys, you have to wait for your dog to be ready. If your dog's not ready for it, 
you can't do it. You know, um, Bart, and I've heard this before too, mm -hmm. and I like it. Um, when is um, when is your spaghetti ready to boil, right? If you're making spaghetti, I'm sorry, that's not their thing. If you're making spaghetti, you know, how, how do you know it's ready? Something like that. And well, there's a lot of steps making spaghetti, but what's the key component is the water has to be boiling. It has to be ready for that. Now, if it's not ready, no matter what, you're not going to make spaghetti. So say your water never gets to boil. Say you put cold water on the stove and you turn it on low. What's going to take for flipping ever if that ever happens? So you do spaghetti, you put it on, but you don't put any heat on it. Well, the water's never going to boil. And so think of the spaghetti, and this is really a weird analogy and I need to get better at it. But think of the spaghetti as your dog. When is your dog ready to train? Well, if you set him up right and you boil that spaghetti, you boil that water for him, it's going to take, I like Angel here, so it takes three to four minutes for that spaghetti to cook, right? But if you don't, if you just have a cold pot of water sitting there, your dog's never going to be ready for it. So for Candy, while I want to push things, because I'm very impatient, she pulls really bad on a leash, I know that waiting is the best. So we did the three days of long leash work. Oh, and here's a little side story to that story is whenever Rich and I were talking about this today, when we were first married, we got a set of tea fall pots and pans for, for Christmas or for our wedding, you know, for getting married. And on it, it said, don't use above a medium heat setting, only use low to medium. So I remember trying to make spaghetti and it doesn't, nothing happens. It doesn't, nothing happens. I'm like, what the heck? So, um, you can't boil spaghetti on a medium. Like it was running for an hour and it still wasn't doing it. But the direction said to not go higher than a medium. So then you're like, well, do I put it on a high? Like, what do you do? Because it says not to, and this was, we were married in 97. So this was back in 97. You weren't supposed to cook it above a medium. What do you do? You know, and that's kind of what we talked about earlier today with tools, with saying like, I will only use purely positive training with my dog. Look, my dog's trying to bite everybody and kill them. What do you do? So you, you, you need to have the right tools. I need to have a pot that I can boil at a high so I can make spaghetti. But you need to wait for that spaghetti to boil before you add it in there. Um, because you can't hope that it's going to take. You can't put spaghetti in cold water, dry spaghetti noodles in cold water, and just cross your fingers and hope that it's going to eventually become spaghetti. And on that note, I didn't used to be a good cook. And one time we did spaghetti and all the noodles were clumped together and they were still not fully baked because, you know, I couldn't go above medium. And God bless Rich. He, he ate them and he never said a word. I'm like, these spaghetti stink. That's is terrible. And he's like, no, they're fine. So I remember that. I remember I served him spaghettis that were clumped together and, and not fully cooked. <laughs> Um, so candy, so we're just waiting on her to be ready for it. So like I said, we started today. Um, now I put her on a head halter. She has her gentle leader because she's just, she's very pulley. And with the show dogs, they teach them to pull against the leash. So the head halter is something unique for her. So is a prong collar because they use a slip lead, but with the prong collar, I'm, I'm saving that. Okay. So we, we played around a little bit. Um, but we're, we're just, we're waiting. So this is two where people will say, well, what school do you use on a dog? I use prong collars a lot with dogs, but I don't want to ruin that tool at this stage. So just like Django's first outing, he was on a harness. Her first few days, she's on a head halter because it works. Uh, now she gets run around time with my guys out in the yard. She's in a crate, so she's like a boot camp dog. 
I mean, she does get the runaround time and she's been coming back to get, you know, to, to go back in her kennel. She doesn't understand doggy doors yet, but that's okay. Um, and she loves gypsy. So um, I put up a video on our Instagram, which is Malinois service dog or candy underscore service underscore dog or gypsy underscore. I think it's gypsy rose service dog with the underscores between them with the Z at the end. So we have a bunch of them, but we had put up a video of Django barking, candy play bowing and gypsy just cutting between them. And it was great because she's trying to, she's like, guys, play with me. I want to play with you. And, um, but he, you know, he was just barking. And eventually, like I said, they all got along just fine. But it's neat seeing that stuff. Um, so she is still crated. She is being treated like a boot camp dog. I was hoping um, that she'd come in beautiful on leash. And I could just take her to um, to Nipopo school on Saturday. Well, she's not going to be ready for Nipopo school on Saturday. So now we're down to Django or Gypsy. So I'm going to need to hear back from the airport if they'll approve Django to go. If they approve him, we're going to take him. Um, if they don't, then it's going to be Gypsy. But I'm hoping they approve him because I think it would be super fun to do that. Karen, who doesn't love Gypsy, right? She's so awesome. And she's so good with him. Um, so that's Candy so far. She's um, she's eating well. Um, you know, we'll do some clicker stuff with her. But again, I'm kind of, uh, I'm working on getting that water to boil with her before I start training her. Uh, or, or it's just frustrating. If you don't have focus, it's frustrating. If you don't have that water boiling, it's frustrating. And we want to make sure we have both. So right now it's just decompress time because they need some of that. Um, this is your new lifetime. I mean, think guys, even the language is different. She was trained in Serbian. Yeah. Um, so Serbian for candy is like bonbon ne. She doesn't know bonbon. So she doesn't know her name. She doesn't know the language. So she's just, she's getting some time. I'm not in any huge rush. She's very sweet. Um, when she comes out of the crate, she's so happy and she's jumping up. And like I said, she's very sweet, but she doesn't have a mean bone in her body. Uh, but she does like to bark a little bit at the cats. <laughs> but my cats kind of torment too, but that's not an excuse. Okay, so that's the candy update. I don't have any great pictures of her. I mean, just her show pictures, just because I haven't been able to get a great picture of her. I'll get them and she looks like, like somebody beat her and nobody beat her. So I'm like, we'll wait. And again, I'll wait for that water to boil and then you guys will get spammed with pictures. Um, so that is candy. Oh, I did have her on here. Just different place. Uh, so what did I do with Jenga this week at three months old? What is your dog? What is, what was he doing? Um, so last week we had the webinar and I talked to you about going to universal and all that. So Wednesday, uh, we had a couple privates. So he gets put away when we have the privates here, unless it's a puppy that we can use with him. I don't want him. He doesn't need to be out with the other dogs being out here. Um, Thursday, uh, we got a dog in for boot camp. Um, cleaning girl came out. A dog went home. We had a private. Ooh, Loki was here for the private. So that's a good one. So um, Loki came out. I think it was that session. He, Django, hey, stop it. So, um, so Loki came out and comes up to Django right away, like, hey, buddy. And Django's like, no, get away. And he's doing the crazy bark. So I took Django and I put him away. He slept for like the hour that we were working. And then um, Loki and Gypsy were playing. So I got Django out. Or, I'm sorry, Loki and Gypsy were playing. Then they stopped. And so I had Rich come out, leash up Loki and work Loki back and forth and have him on leash just in case. So uh, bring J um, Django out and Loki was on leash. So like they got to do some of the sniffing each other's butt stuff and 
look, um, Django couldn't get his space crowded. Because Loki's a sweetheart. Like, there's not a mean bone in his body. He just, he's a golden. So he's like, hey, you want to be my best friend? And Django's like, no, I do not want to be your best friend. So we, um, we, we did that, and it worked out perfectly. So then they were okay, and then they started to play together. So for some dogs, guys, it's how you introduce them. And Django with other dogs to play with, it needs to be a little bit slower at this point. Okay? Uh, so we did that. That was on Thursday. Friday, Candy came in. Um, so Friday for us here was a pretty easy day. Um, Saturday, we had group class. So group class was super. Uh, we had like half a dozen dogs plus Django there. Uh, and we, including another puppy, the cutest golden puppy. So, so we had all of that. Um, got him out. And he did great. Again, another dog. So we're sitting there. Another dog comes over to him. And he's like, don't you come near me. And I'm thinking, well, you know, the dog should be respectful of space. Like, this is where, too, if your dog has to say hi to everybody, don't. He doesn't have to say hi to everybody. So we, um, you know, we had the dog get back. He lays down. He's just fine. He does group class. He's great. He's a great demo dog. Um, What do you guys need to work on? Well, we did some paper plate recall stuff. And then they wanted to work on focus. So we spent the whole class, the whole rest of the class working on focus stuff. So he got to demo a lot for that. Hey, Django. So uh, so we got to work on focus and he did super good with that. And then he was done. So I brought him in the house. And then um, later on, I brought out candy. Uh, so she got to see everybody too. Uh, and it's like, it's little things like that. So if we would have, we had group class here. If we would have had group class in the park, it wouldn't have been that way because I could only have brought one dog, right? And then we would have had lunch afterwards. So he did really good for group. And then we did an eval here on Sunday. A couple things going. Monday, uh, oh, we went to, he needs practice riding in the car. I told you when we went to Universal, he just barked the entire drive there, which was so not fun. So Rich had to get new tires for the truck. So it was in town here, 10 minutes out dropping off because I had to go with him to pick him up and then to drop him off to pick up the truck afterwards, you know? So we brought Django with us, Django and Gypsy both times. And they both rode in the back of the Jeep, no accidents, no problems whatsoever. Perfect. And then Django wanted held because, you know, Django. Uh, so that worked out really nicely. Uh, today we went up to Sam's. Sam's is about 45 minutes away or so. Um, but it's the closest one, and we needed stuff, including paper towels and Otoban for puppy potty accidents. So we went up there and decided to bring him with us again. So he came up with us. Rich held him the whole way up, held him the whole way back. Or actually, most of the way back, Jenga was on the floor at Rich's feet, which is one thing that we do recommend as well. And no barking whatsoever if he is in your arms. In the crate, he barks and barks and barks. In your arms, he doesn't. Go figure. Um, what did we do? Didn't we just do something else where we had him in the crate and he barked a whole bunch? Yes, yesterday we went up to um, to McAllister's and to Brownwood up here in the villages um, to meet up with somebody. And so we put him in the crate on the way up there and he barked for probably about half the time, which gets to be really annoying. But on the way back, he just rode in our arms and he did just fine. So he doesn't like to be in the crate in the car. I don't usually crate my dogs in the car once they're potty trained. He's not potty trained yet. But he's been really good. When we take him out, he doesn't have accidents out. He waits until he gets home, and then he pees and poops here. So I think that's fantastic. 
Um, so even today with the, like I said, the ride up there and the ride back, and then we had to unload the freezer and fridge stuff and go right to his vet appointment because he had his first vet appointment today. So we get there and they meet us out in the parking lot and they're like, hold him. <laughs> we had Parbo in here earlier today. And I said, well, we can reschedule. And they said, no, no, no. We have a room that's, you know, we've had quarantine for him. It's totally clean. You just have to carry him through the lobby. So, okay. So we went through and um, he had his vaccines. They actually gave him his rabies already because we're hoping that he can fly with us on Saturday and they're going to want the rabies for him to fly. So they said over 12 weeks old, they can do rabies in Florida. So I really wanted to push that off until about five months old, but we did it at three months old. And he got his other one. They weighed him. He's 27 pounds. He was super cute. He was super floppity. We put some Instagram, um, some pictures up on Instagram of his vet appointment. And he, he was, he loved them. He's given them, you know, trying to give them kisses. His ears are all Yoda-esque ears. And he is just super, super sweet. So that's what I like to see with, uh, with a dog at the vet appointment. Um, they were saying that they've had other Malinois in who, who weren't that sweet. Uh, and I said, yeah, we've had other Malinois in who weren't this sweet either. Um, but he was super. So they gave him the two shots in the bum, uh, you know, checked him out. We made his next appointment for a month from now. And then Rich was like, well, we have to go to, to Walmart to get something and Tractor Supply to get something. So we had to go there with him. So Rich held him because we still had stuff in the back. So Rich held him when he goes in, I held him. And then he comes out and he gets to hold him again. So yeah, it's a little bit weird, but it worked. And uh, and Jenga was super sleepy, so came home and napped with me. Um, now yesterday when we were up at Brownwood, we evaled a dog and then we also, uh, for service work, so we walked around, we stayed, we walked around a bit. We ate lunch. So Django did his second restaurant. He did McAllister's and he gets there. We ordered inside. So sometimes Rich will go in or I'll go in. This time we both went in. He was such a gentleman. Django, not Rich. Rich is always a gentleman. Uh, but he was so perfect. And we go out there and we sit at the table. And he goes right to my feet and he falls asleep. So I loved that. That was so perfect. Uh, so yeah, so he's had two restaurants now. He's done four or five outings. And he's, everyone is better and better and better. Um, this one, we're up at Sam's and we're waiting on them to bring the stuff out to load into the Jeep. And we figured we'd see if he had to potty. So I brought him over to a grassy area. He didn't potty, but he sniffed. He looked, there was a big semi that went by that was noisy and he was fine with that. You know, that's what I want as a dog who just doesn't care about things like that. That is perfect. That does not mean that every Malinois is like that. And I still don't recommend Malinois as service dogs. Okay. So group, we talked about Sam's visit, tire store, McAllister's, and the vet visit. Uh, but yeah, so he was super. I did ask them. Oh, so a couple things I wanted to show you is here's our vet bill. Okay. What we're going to do is take a picture of this and put it in my Dropbox for him for his, um, for a vet appointment on 521-2019 uh, for Django. And we also got his rabies. So this goes in as well in a picture. And then I asked the vet to fill out the form for Allegiant um, just in case that they say yes or they need it. Um, one thing that is if they have any questions, please contact them uh, because they're happy to, you know, to say that his disposition is great and he should be fine on the plane. Um, but here's the animal, uh, service animal flu train to mitigate a disability. No, because well, he's not yet, because he's two months old, three months old. So, uh, so yeah, so we have that stuff. Um, now this, this stays with us because I need this for it. But, you know, we're going to do a picture of it for Dropbox. Um, and then we're going to pack it up for the trip. But these are for, um, 
we take a picture for Dropbox and then we put them in his binder. So then I have a copy of this in his binder showing that at this date, at this time, this is what he weighed and what he got, okay? So if you guys have training binders, do that. If you don't have training binders, do a training binder so you can add the stuff to it, okay? Uh, Larissa says often, says thanks for the comment. Finn was amazing. So Finn's just about Django's age. Oh, and Larissa, you have to let me know how he did yesterday or Sunday at the um, at the doggy swim party too. So, uh, so yeah, Finn was out there and he's so cute. He's a little golden puppy. So it's nice because him, him and Django will be best friends. Um, but yeah, so so he Django's doing super. I'm still working on the food stuff, and it's so funny because I'm here's here's the best story. You guys, you ready? So we're working on clicker with candy, and Django and Gypsy are in the room as well. So candy, I'm getting her to you know look at me or sit or touch whatever it was. I think it was sit at the time, so I said sit. She sits. I click. And I give her a treat. And Django comes running up, puts his butt down and looks at me like, I just sat, where's my treat? And it was just just the, the oomph that he did it. Like his water was totally boiling, right? It was the best. And Pam's like, hey, Pam, I'm so glad you're home and that everything seems to be doing well for you. Uh, but yeah, so that that's what we've been doing with him. We're still working on the stuff. So what I'm doing this week, um, what I've been working on is layering the e-collar with the clicker. So, uh, you know, like I said, I'm hoping to take him to Nipopo. So, uh, you know, kind of working that stuff with him and uh, extending out, like working on place stuff and all. Uh, Lindsay says, now since we live out of state, do we just ship our pup to you? Uh, we need service training. So, Lindsay, go ahead and um, PM me and we'll talk about that whenever I sign off here. I have some stuff I need to, to contact back. Uh, what we usually do for when people need service dog training and they live out of the area is they bring the dog to us. Uh, I haven't had to go to the airport to pick up a dog. <laughs> They've had friends who have done it um, before or, um, or like I said, they usually drive. And we actually just had a dog in from, uh, from Memphis uh, just for boarding for a few days because I had trained her mom. And, uh, and they were going to Disney. So I said, okay, even though boarding is just for clients, I'm like, well, grandfather, you in. Um, so she came from Memphis to Disney here. Uh, we've had people drive from New Jersey. Uh, we've had people drive from Texas. Uh, we've had people fly down from, I think it was Illinois, from Utah, you know, so so we get people coming from all over to come down and train with us. And usually, like I said, I have you guys bring them so that we can talk about it, but it's a really quick drop off usually. And then pick up, especially for service dogs, what we ask for is a few days, you know, be down here for a few days. So we can take your dog out to different environments with you uh, because he'll get overloaded. And because we don't do just the boot camp for service dog training, you get boot camp and privates. What we would ideally like is for you and your dog to do private sessions with us via video call. Do those, do those, do those. When your dog's ready, they come in for boot camp. And by then your dog knows me. I know your dog. We know what your dog needs, where your dog's struggling at. And uh, you're not coming in and your dog needs, you know, pee training and how to do sit. You know, it's, it's much more effective use of your money if we're working on the more advanced stuff that you can't do instead of like the easy stuff that is just a matter of time, which is a lot of times what potty training is, is just a matter of time. And then depending on out of state too, we are going to be in, um, I'm going to be in Missouri next week and we're going to be in Colorado Springs in September for conference. <clears throat> and of course, if it's up in Wisconsin, Rich would love to go up there and pick them up because that's where his parents are. Finn and Jenga will be besties, right? Yeah, Finn loves Goldens. So, uh, but yeah, so this week we have some stuff going tomorrow. 
uh, you know, some client stuff and then getting ready for our trip. And uh, I guess that I was debating on if I wanted to bring him or not, because he still has to get up once or twice during the night to go potty. But I think bringing him would be a good bonding experience. And I think he'd get a lot out of it. But if not, it'll be Gypsy. So we'll see what happens. Okay, do you guys have any questions? I've been answering as we've been going. But uh, we want, I want you guys to know like what we're doing with him. So that's more about what we're doing with Django um, socialization wise. And socialization and potty training are huge right now. So yes, he does have some accidents. Some things that we have to do is shut Luke's bedroom door. So his is the only one that has carpeting. So we'll shut his door and um, Django can't go in there. So sometimes he will pee. We try to supervise him more. So during this, he's running free, but I have the door open so he can go in and out with the doggy door. Uh, at night, I just send him out with the doggy door. I don't go out with him at night um, to potty. Uh, but I also found that I don't let my other dogs out at night because letting my other dogs out at night means that all they want to do is play the whole time. Yeah. So we don't want that to happen. Um, training wise, it's just a matter of extending out. So instead of sit, click, treat, or he sits on his own. So what we do, let me backtrack here a second. What we want to do, what my goal is, is to first, and Larissa, we're going to cover this tomorrow with you, because uh, she has her first private scheduled for tomorrow, is, uh, so don't feed him, what time is he coming in, two o'clock? Don't feed him breakfast tomorrow, but bring the breakfast. Okay, so what we want to do, in, and write your questions, guys, and as soon as I'm done with this, I'll, I'll answer your questions. Uh, what we want to do is teach the dog how to think and how to learn, which sounds really weird, but we don't want them to be robots where sit. Yes, we want them to think, anticipate, and know what to do in different situations, especially the service dogs, but not just the service dogs. Anyway. So what I like to do is capture behavior as much as possible, especially in puppies, especially in puppies, because I've got the time, right? They're not trying to kill me. So I get my clicker and I'm first going to charge it. So that means click, treat, click, treat, click, treat like 10 times. And then if your dog's a little distracted and you click, you want that head to whip around. Again, we're boiling water for spaghetti. So this is getting that water ready to boil. And this might be those first few bubbles, but we also want to charge the clicker with dynamite. So we want it charged up so much that when we click, no matter what that dog's doing, he's like, yes. And he comes running back to you and he's like, give me the food. Give me the food. I want the food. So that's what we want. And, uh, and so we, we do that and we get that good. And then we just wait them out and there's going to be some frustration there and that's fine. Dogs have to learn how to deal with frustration. Okay. If they never get frustrated, you're dealing with a holy terror and you don't want to do that. So maybe he sits on his own, click and treat, click and treat, click and treat, click and treat. I'm not going to hand deliver and room service that treat to him. I'm going to click on him to spring up from that and put his little paws on my leg and be like, where's my treat? That's what I want at this age. So, or at least move towards me and excited. So as he's doing that, he's going to sit. And before I click, I'm going to tell him sit and I'm going to click. And then he's going to bounce out of the behavior. So as he's doing it, I know he's going to sit and I'll bet money that he's going to sit. I'm going to say the word sit. He's going to sit. I'm going to click and treat. Okay. So those are the stages. And then sit. He sits right there. Da, 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 click and treat. So you start extending out. So a sit becomes a sit stay. Because we don't want sit to me and put your butt on the ground and hop back up again. Trust me, you guys don't want that. We have a lot of dogs who come out and that's what they think sit means. And that's not what sit means. So that's what we do in the beginning and anything. So we teach look, which is look at me. And it's none of this. Look at me. 
Um, it's a very subdued look. We teach sit, we teach them their name, and we teach them touch. Those are usually the first four that we do. Okay, and then we get started with more. Um, Larissa, wait, no breakfast or lunch. So our appointment's at two, correct, no breakfast or lunch. So, and he, since he's the same age as Django, it'll be fine. Um, Django's fed now twice a day. And sometimes that's once a day and a whole bunch of treats <laughs> in a, during training sessions. So yeah, don't feed him breakfast or lunch. We want him to come in hungry. Again, we want his water to be boiling. And um, and if you've done the clicker stuff, Larissa, um, great. Now remember the clicker ends the behavior. It marks it and ends it. So if he's in a, a sit, you don't want to give him a reward while he's in the sit. You want to toss the reward on the ground for him. So if you want to charge up the clicker ahead of time, Larissa, click, treat, click, treat, click, treat. So if he's a little distracted and you click, he whips his head back to you to get that treat. And then I'll make tomorrow easier. If not, don't worry about it. And, and we'll introduce the clicker. I know we did some on, on Saturday too. And then I want them to not only do for the clicker, but for my verbal. So I use break and I want both because I might not have the clicker on me. Now, as a dog trainer, clicker should be one of my accessories at all times, but it's not. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, so we want that. And so we'll work that. So we'll do sit maybe in the training area that we're usually training in. I put a place board. What's the dog going to do? If he looks towards it, click. If he steps towards it, click. If he gets to it, click. If he touches it, click. If he gets on it, click. And so pretty soon they realize to interact with what they have in their environment, especially unique things. Excuse me. So if I put a wobble, um, which Gary Wilkes calls it an alley-oop. He sells them. They're fantastic. If you're ordering from them, also order his Omega Clickers and order his Target Stick because those three things are fantastic. And Gary's the only one who has the best ones there. Okay. So uh, so you, you put something new in the environment and you wait for him to do something with it and you click and treat. So is a dog going to be more willing to work for you if he's hungry or if he's full and happy and wants a nap? If he's hungry, he's going to work better, right? So we want that. We want them to be a little bit on the hungry side. And they're going to work for dinner. They're going to work for breakfast. They're going to work for lunch. They're going to work for dinner because why are you giving them a bowl of food, not having them do anything for it, especially puppies? Puppies only have like a five-minute attention span, maybe a little bit longer. Oh, so Django's at my feet and Gypsy's at my side. So he was running around and being a, a little devil dog. And he's napped quite a bit this afternoon because he was so busy this morning. But I know that's like his kids would do it. Luke would do it. He's so tired. He doesn't want to go to bed. Luke would. And so he'd pull out like every toy he owned all over the living room. And then he'd like fall down and go to sleep. Django kind of does the same thing. He'll go. He'll run around the house. He'll bark. He'll, he'll carry on. But it's just because he's so tired. So we'll just go to sleep. And uh, and that's what he just did. But he also knows if I move, he's going to be up right away. But that's how you want to do everything. So one of the things that I ask whenever we're working on tasks, because I'm seeing some questions coming up, so I need to look at this um, and, and read these. But I want to ask myself, how lazy can I do this? <laughs> What is it that we need to do? What's the laziest thing I can do? Because I don't want to be a cheerleader for my dog. You shouldn't have to be. Cheerleading kills drive on dogs. So if you have to be like, get the door, get the door. Somebody's at the door. Get the door, get the door. Like your dog's not doing it on his own. And you want your dog to do it on your own, on his own or her own. Um, you don't want to have to be there cheering him on every step of the way. He doesn't need it. You know, you need to wait for that water to boil more if your dog needs that currently. Okay, so let me go back and read some of these. Keep adding if you have any more. 
And then Z says she called and left a message, and she's in Washington State, and Hemi's 11 months old. Awesome. And Holly says, hey, hey. So Holly has, not Heidi, Nellie. Um, Holly has Nellie. So how is Nellie doing, Holly? Um, group class, we did not have group class for the next two weeks because I'm going to be gone this weekend, and then I come back Saturday. So we're not going to do a su- Sunday class. We're just going to wait. So when is that? When is the next group class? It's going to be Saturday the 8th, and then Sunday the 16th, and then probably Saturday the 22nd. It'll go out in Friday's email. Okay. So then we get a question, how often does he potty in the house today? Django, maybe once a day. I mean, one day I think he had like two accidents, and then we, he's had a couple of days with no accidents. If we get him out fast enough, he doesn't. But like he, we, he peed in the, in the um, kitchen, like right in front of the, the freezer. He peed, and, and we found it, and <laughs> we cleaned it up. Um, he hasn't had an accident in his crate in a while, but in the bedroom here, but his crate in the living room. We fed him and he ate. I knew he had to go potty. And I said to Rich, get him out. And Rich is like, well, first I'm going to do this one thing. Well, Rich didn't get him out. So Django peed everywhere. I said to get him out. Like, that's on you. That's not on him. Um, Candy had two pee and a poo accidents too. So like sometimes it happens. Um, I don't want an accident a day. Like if we can go a full day without an accident, that's awesome. And I don't think he had one today. And yesterday, I don't think he had one yesterday. I think it was like Sunday was his last accident in the house. Um, but I also know he's not fully potty trained until he's around six months old, even though we've had two amazing long outings and he hasn't had any potties while he's out. So, you know, going today about two hours going up and back from Sam's and then uh, we spent an hour at the vet and then probably another hour between driving back and forth and stopping at Walmart and stopping at tractor supply. So he had like about a four hour outing. He didn't pee or anything today. Um, he did longer than that when we went to universal, no accidents. So I think that's fantastic. Um, the least amount of accidents a day you can do the better. If you're finding that your dogs keeps having accidents, you have to ask yourself why. So one of the dogs we have in from boarding right now, if we don't potty her around two or three, she'll pee sometimes in her crate. So we just make sure we potty her around two or three and it makes it easier. Um, also asked how to teach an alert. Someone asked what kind of alert. Um, it all depends. My favorite type of alert is a nose bump, not a paw. Paws, you get ended up with, you know, the paws, the claws being raked down you. And I don't like that. Um, that's, that's harsh. So I much prefer a nose bump as an alert. So how I teach it is I teach it as a touch, as a touch. And I want you know, there's touch, right? So dog, woof, woof, woof. Dog touches your hand. Then I want the dog to kind of like, give me the treat. Where's the treat at? And then you're like, there you go. And then we just, we pair it up. You have to teach what alert you want. And then you have to figure out what it is that you want them to alert to and then work on doing them together. Uh, Larissa says, how do you address barking in the crate? He's silent in there until he's in there. Oh, he's silent until he's in there. We put his food in there and everything. Excuse me, in the potty training course. Uh, remind me tomorrow, and we'll address that. Um, he Django doesn't like to be in the crate in the car. Here he's okay, but I also try to have the crate kind of beside me. Because if I have it across the room, he'll just stand there and bark at me while he's in the crate. And since he's going to be a service dog, like I kind of want him beside me anyway. Even if he's just sleeping, I want him beside me just on my scent. So I'm okay with that. But it can be a little bit annoying. For example, like I can't 
do Ryder, I could do Ryder Swap at Disney or I could do Crate. I don't want to have to not be able to do Crate because he's a jerk in the Crate. But he's also a three-month-old puppy. So we have some wiggle room. You know, like we have time to get him good in the Crate. Um, So one of the things that we'll do, Larissa, is instead of um, feeding him in a bowl, is I will just toss all his food in the bottom of the crate pan, and he goes in there and finds it all. But yeah, like I said, tomorrow remind me, and I'll show you. So again, there's things you can do. You don't have to put up with, okay, well, then I just won't crate my dog, or I'll let him out as soon as he barks, because then he's like, ha-ha, bonanza, I figured out how to get out of this thing. Um, But there's other things we can do. Uh, If we know he doesn't have to potty, if we know he's good, and if he has some chew toys in there... um, there's bonkers, there's pet convincers, there's um, doggy don'ts. There, there's a bunch that we can play around with. Uh, how do you teach them only alert on an actual alert? Nudging and pawing, Sable already knows this, but I'd like to hear from other ex- perspectives. So um, if my alert, if I want my dog to alert and nudge my hand, then it's going to be different from touch because like I said, I like touch and I teach touch and I use that as a foundation skill to teach a bunch of different things. So say I want him to nudge my knee and that's going to be the alert I'm going to use. Then what you do once he's good with the nudging of your knee for the alert. So say it's going to be um, whatever it is, whatever. And it could be whatever. It could be a medical issue. It could be a physical issue. It could be um, like your phone rings and you want him to come and nudge you in the knee Right. And so you do it from sitting, you do it from standing, you do it from lying down. Every single time this happens, he's nudging you in the knee. Right. Then if he nudges you in the knee without that first, you have to ask yourself if it's a medical thing, could he be alerting? So say it's the phone ringing and you know, there's no phone ringing. He didn't hear a phone ring from, you know, the other room. He didn't hear a phone ring from TV. He's just trying to get a treat from it. Then there's a correction there because that's not what you want. Okay. But again, there's a right way and a wrong way to do corrections. And I think Sable's pretty young, isn't he, Crystal? I think he's pretty young. So you also have to ask yourself if he's mentally prepared for that. So we keep it fun for puppies. Um, Catherine says, can you use a clicker with cyclists to make them a positive experience? Yeah. So if your dog doesn't like um, bicyclists, yes, you most definitely can. Uh, what were we doing the other day? I'm trying to think here. So, oh, the cat. <laughs> Django thinks the cats are like his best friends and he wants to play with them. So he'll sometimes try to chase. So he'll look, click. He knows it because that water's boiling. So he looks back to me, he gets a treat. Look, click, look, click, look, click. Look, and then he looks at you, and that's when you start clicking for that. So you can use the same thing with cyclists. I'm um, Catherine, you just want to make sure that he is appropriate distance away. Okay, so like if it's right there in front of him, that's too much. And Catherine, too, you might have to use a correction at that point as well, depending on a lot of issues. So that's I can't just say correct your dog because it depends on your dog's age. It depends on what he's doing. It depends on why he's doing it. So if he is barking at cyclists because it's super fun and he thinks he should say hi to all of them, or if he's barking them because all cyclists must die, if he's doing it because he's a eight-week-old puppy and he doesn't know anything, you know, or if he's doing it because it's your son riding the bike and he's riding away from him and he wants to come. So you have a bunch of different reasons why. Um, and dog training is more art than science. Okay. So you have to watch what you're doing because it's not always, oh, if this happens, if X happens, do Y. It could be X happens while well, you do X, Y, Z, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, depending on why X is happening. Okay. Uh, Kara says, our target stick is a six-foot collapsible, collapsible Swiffer. That's awesome. 
Larissa says we've been working on the clicker and also a verbal yes. Yes. Yeah. And that's perfect. That's fine, uh, Larissa. Um, I don't, we used to use yes, but yes just kind of trails off. If you, do, yes, 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 right? That's fine. But a lot of times what I'll hear from people is yes, yes. Yes. So Larissa, just the only thing is going to be for the yes, just make sure you have a quick cutoff. Yes. 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 So I like brick because I can break. Right. But I'm never going to say it like that. It's brick. Brick. So it's instead of B-R-E-A-K, it's more like B-R-I-K. Probably I with a line over it because it's kind of a longer brick. And it sounds like brick, like what you build a house with a brick. But it works and it's short and it has more of a solid cutoff. Um, Stephanie says, any training tips for formal puppy, specifically for service work? Oh, Stephanie, honey, you gotta you gotta watch some of these. Um, subscribe to the podcast, like, rate, share. Um, and we're doing how old's Jenga now? He's three months old. I look over there. There's nobody over there. There's just the dogs. Um, so yeah, we we talk a lot about it. We talk a lot about gypsy whenever we had gypsies. So you girl, you need to go back and marathon the podcasts. Um and we do start them as young as two months old. We started Django as soon as we got him at eight months, eight weeks old because you have to start them now to have them be successful then. I mean, you can start them at any time, but the earlier you start them, the less you're going to let things go, go by. So say he's not going to be a service dog. Oh, maybe I'm okay if he chases a cat. Maybe I'm okay if he doesn't like another dog. Maybe I'm okay if he's going to be a little bit of a jerk, but he's going to be a service dog and he can't be any of those. So, you know, we're more strict with them, but we still have fun with them. You know, like him going with us today to to uh, Sam's and Walmart and doctors and everything else. If he would have just been a pet dog, I wouldn't have brought him up to, to, to uh, Sam's with us. It's a 45 plus minute drive up there and then back, you know, the same distance. And I don't want to deal with that. With just a, a dog, he doesn't like to be in a crate. He's going to scream in the crate. But we're trying to get him better. So, you know, so he got to come and ride in our lap. So he gets better in the car. So I do like to start them off as young as possible. Um, how would you teach come? There's a bunch of different ways you can teach him. My favorite to do it is uh, we teach them go away and come back. So I like to teach in, in opposites. I like to teach in pairs. So as we're training them, you can do two different ways you can reward the dog, right? You can do like a room service where you deliver it to them or you can make them come to you. But there's kind of a third way and that's chuck a treat to the side. So it gets them using their nose. I, I discovered this whenever we had our German shepherd and I wanted to teach her tracking, but I had no idea how to get started. So what I did is I taught her find it, which is here's a food. I dropped it, find it. And she'd go down and she'd, you know, sniff it out and she'd get a click and a treat for sniffing it. Can you shut the door on your way out? Okay. Um, yeah, he brought that. He pulled the book. We have a bookcase behind us. Django pulled a book off, and he was going to eat it. And I told him to knock it off. So that was one of the questions. Going to get really religious. Yeah, it's one of the Bibles that we have, like the family Bible. He had pulled it down the other day too. It's his favorite book, apparently. Um, oh, because it's got a. Um, oh yeah, great. A ribbon. Yeah, I figured. Um, so come, so say he sits and I click and instead of having him come to me for the treat, I'm going to drop the treat over to the side a couple feet. Right. And as he's getting good as it, he knows that he can find it and he sniffs it out and he starts using his nose and you can hear him and you can see him and it's really cool. I can get it farther and farther away and he's going to find it and sniff it out. Now this is especially good for stinky treats, like stinky soft treats. So how we do come, because trust me, this all comes back to how we do come is for example, sit, click, toss it, tell him to find it. He goes to get it. As soon as he almost eats the treat and he found it, I'm going to click again. Whenever he's done chewing it, I'm going to call him to come or touch or his name. 
and he's going to come back to me because this is a super fun game that we play all the time. So as he's doing it, he's layered. Remember, click treat, come. When I say that, it means come to me, right? And then he gets another possible click treat, or maybe he comes to me and I make him sit right away. And it's going to start him right away with, when I come to you, I sit, I get a treat. Granted, the treat is tossed, and I can get three behaviors, sometimes four, out of that one treat in like three clips. So it's sit, wait, 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 wait. So sit, stay. Break with the click or the break or the yes. Toss it. Tell him find it. That's a third. He eats it. Well, I click whenever he finds it. He eats it. I call him come. He comes back to me. Maybe whenever he gets to me, I tell him touch. He touches my hand. I tell him sit. He sits. And then we repeat the cycle all over again. So you're talking at least five behaviors out of one treat. Um, and that's as they're getting experience. In the beginning, I use more. And I'm working, they're working for their food. So maybe we do it. And whenever he comes back, I drop a handful of treats right there. A handful of food. But whenever he goes to get it, it's a treat. You know, like you, you play around with stuff. But that's how I like to start teaching come. Uh, Nicole says she's going to be starting her very first diabetic alert dog soon. Nicole, that's so exciting. I'm super happy to hear that. Um, is that why you were asking about Border Collie breeders? I saw one of the groups you were asking. I think it was you. And then Holly said about Nellie, she's doing really well, except that she's having more urine um, sting in the house and it's no accident. <laughs> so Holly, how much urinating? Yeah. Um, yeah, she urine sting because, you know, yay for spell check. Um, so how much freedom is she getting in the house? So it could be that you're getting giving her too much freedom too soon. So she was here. She's what, about five months old now-ish? Uh, usually to about six months old, they spend a lot of time in the crate or tethered. So they're going to be on leash and attached to me. They're going to be in a crate. Um, one of those things. I mean, they could be on place, but place is more for older dogs, even though Heidi, or I kept calling her Heidi when she was here too. So Nellie was doing good with place also, but you can't expect her to hold place forever. So uh, those, one of those two things, because if she's urinating in the house and it's not an accident, then it's just her being weird. And she hasn't earned that freedom yet. If she's doing great, then she can earn some freedom. Now, for example, Django's playing and he's not crated while I do these. And if you go back and listen, I don't think I've had him crated during one of these. But I do have the door open so he can go in and out. And he's learned pretty decently he can go out. So when he wakes up, I've got to get him out right away. And um, Holly, too, one of the online courses that you got that comes with um, the, the Dream Dog program that you did is our perfect potty training system for puppies. And it is all about potty training. So you can go and watch that too if that helps. Uh, Crystal says, how long should an outing be for a 14-week-old puppy? In a place inside a store, five minutes or under. Honest to God, five minutes or under. Um, because today it was a lot of time in the car. When we went to Universal, it was a lot of time outside. Um, we went into the restaurant at McAllister's to order, we went into toothsomes and he just slept the whole time. As soon as he woke up, I got him out. You know, Rich wanted to show me something because it had a beautiful, you know, takeaway section there. I couldn't stop because I needed to get him out in case he had an accident, in case he had to pee. So, so for that, an outing for a puppy, five weeks old, or 14 week old puppy, five minutes or under. So when we go to Walmart for whatever, maybe we need one thing, maybe we need, you know, a hundred things, it doesn't matter. Rich is going to do the shopping and I'm going to work the dog or vice versa. And I'm going to stay right by there. I'm not going to run to the back of the store. I'm going to stay right by the exit, right by the entrance and work them. And if I think he has to potty, I'm going to get him out as fast as possible. 
because I don't want him to have an accident in the store because then it's setting him up for, okay, I have accidents in the store. And since you were saying about the alert, if 14 weeks old, don't correct him for any alerts at 14 weeks old. Just work on this means this. You know, when you do this, you get um, you, you get treats. You get good things happen to you when you do this because 14 weeks old, she is not ready for that. I don't start, so it's by six months old, Django's three months old now. By six months old, he should have a star puppy and he should be ready for um, for his canine good citizen test or have passed his canine good citizen test at six months old. That's my personal goal for my personal dogs. Six months old, CGC, and star puppy. Uh, by a year, he should be able to do his public access test and his um, his advanced CGCs. Now, if that doesn't happen until a year and a half, I don't care. But that's if I need to give myself a goal, I'm going to give myself a harder goal than an easier goal. Or my easy goal could be, well, CGC could be at, a, at two years old and a star puppy at a year old because who cares? But I want to give myself something to reach for. And if it takes a few months longer, that's fine because slow is fast. Um, so, so yeah, so outings, uh, task stuff. I really don't get too much into task stuff. I do the pre stuff, like the touch, the target stick. I'll play around with that now, but I don't do serious task work until they're at least six months old, just because they can't handle it. Until they're six months old, your goal is potty training, socialization, and the basics. And the more they do, the better. But that's really, especially in the beginning here, is, is potty train, socialize, teach them the basics so you don't have a little hellion on your hands. Stephanie asks, what do you do to make sure your puppy, what do you make sure your puppy knows before starting public access? Um, usually walk decent on a leash, but Django wasn't, and it's okay because we just managed them. Uh, I like sit, I like look, I like name. That's about it. Gypsy went to, her first public access was when we had her for a day. So she was eight weeks and one day old. She was at Hollywood Studios at Disney World here when she was nine weeks old. Django was at uh, Universal Studios at 11 weeks old. So like they don't know too much, but we have a relationship. So I know they're going to be focused on me. And if you look back at the pictures on Gypsy's Instagram, way back in the very beginning, that first trip to Hollywood Studios, you can see that focus on me, even from that age. For me, I'm very, very, very all about focus first. Focus first. What type of trainer are you? I'm a focus first trainer. But I want that focus first because if they're focused, if they're paying attention to me, we could do a lot more. If they're looking, looking everywhere and they're not paying attention to me at all, it's hard to get that attention and it's hard to teach them anything. So again, water boiling is the attention, is the pay attention to me. This is what we're doing. Um, like I said, I like a sit. I like walk decent on a leash. Django, I haven't done too much on leash. Gypsy, I did a lot more with the leash work than him. Roma, I did a lot more on leash work than him. But him, I really didn't do too much leash work, just really when we do outings. I don't do too much around the house here because he's so good off leash at the house. You know, he might walk ahead of me, but he keeps looking back at me. So sometimes what I'll do is you see the open door behind me, the bookcase and then the open door. Um, that's Luke's bathroom. So sometimes when we're walking down the hall, that leads to the living room. I'll just duck into Luke's bathroom. And they'll be like, wait, what? You're not behind me anymore? And I'm like, dude, maybe you should pay attention. They're there playing video games. I just heard Luke say no a tree. Um, for fake alert, I say start no and then turn away. So don't do that at 14 weeks old. Um, you don't want to, not until she's older um, for fake alerts. Um, Stephanie says she marathoned the podcast and has learned so much. Thank you, Stephanie. 
and so what was your other question? Any tips for a four month old specifically for service work? So yeah, work on the focus work, work on look subtly. You don't want to be one of those, look at me, I've got hot dogs in my mouth and I'm not afraid to spit them out. That's just weird. Um, I want my dog to pay attention to me, look at me. I want to sit, you know, they'll sit for me. I like them at my side. I like to teach them how to learn, which is what we're doing with the capturing and the behaviors. Um, you know, Stephanie, if you're not in the How to Train Your Service Dog Facebook group, join that because we have some videos on our units that are for free, like how to do focus work with your dog really good, which we call our Focus at Head 7. It's also on our online courses. Um, but check out Dream Canine as well, Stephanie, because you should work with us. We are good and we can make your dog awesome. Uh, okay, going back up here. Uh, Kara says, Panda, her name is Pandemonium. I love that. Isn't player toy motivated, so I'm having some trouble getting to pick something up. Suggestions. Wait until I come back from Nipopo. So one of the things that we do in Nipopo is teach them, again, how to do things um, a different way. So how we do it, and I have a video, actually. If you look on the YouTube videos for Django, um, it's something about teaching him to, to hold my finger in his mouth, okay? And what we do is we hold an item or a finger, and it's the new item in the environment, right? Like he knows touch, touch, click, treat, touch, click, treat, touch, click, treat, touch, mouth, click, treat. So we want to teach him to do that. And why your finger? I mean, unless you have a puppy piranha, I have a Malinois when I'm doing this. I can tell how much pressure he's using. I can tell exactly where he's at teeth-wise in the mouth. Um, you can also use a different item. So you want to use a pen. Don't use a pen with a hard one because you don't want them to break and get a mouthful of ink. Um, we have PVC pipe. Don't use wood. Use PVC is pretty decent. Don't use metal. Um, and, and you just hold them out there. So when, when I come back from Nipopo, what we're doing in June, July, and probably August is we're doing Nipopo stuff in group class. So that'll be good. Stephanie says, I'm barely picking up my prospect this weekend. He'll be turning four months old this Wednesday. Perfect. Terry says, tethering made the difference with Goose. Um, six months old, no more accidents. Perfect. Yeah, same with uh, Roma. Yeah, six months old, no more accidents. Ollie says, thank you. I'll try tethering. And then um, present an object to him and click and treat any movement towards it and wait till a nose bump and then putting teeth on it. Yeah. And Paula's there. Hi, Paula. And then Jean says, how do you handle their vaccines? We'll take them out at such an early age, such as eight weeks. I do not take them to dog-heavy places. I take them to um, people places more than dog places. So I do not do pet stores. I do not do dog parks. That's why we're doing group classes here as he's not fully vaccinated. But I'll go to Tractor Supply because we're out in the boonies and I never see dogs at Tractor Supply. Um, we'll go to feed stores because, again, same thing. Um, we'll go to Lowe's and Home Depot because service dogs in Florida have the same accessibility as fully trained service dogs. I can take them wherever I want to within reason. I'm not going to take them to like the ER and be like, here's my dog. Okay. Put that on the back order. Perfect. So I've got to go sign off because I didn't realize what time it was and I need to go. So um, I will let you know, like I said, no next week, but hopefully we can do a pop-up at some point. So watch for that. Um, but I will see you guys in two weeks. Okay. Two weeks. Right here, 5.30, Tuesday. Bye, guys.